Force my friends is violence, the supreme authority from which all other authority is derived. And you know, there is something very important we need to do as soon as possible. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos for creative. Hello and welcome. This is the Parents Guide podcast where we analyze movies with a focus on sex and violence. We are still in season one, which is about movies from the 1990s. And today we're going to look at a movie from 1999, which is Election by Alexander Payne. And my guest today is uh, Daniel Gillespie, who, um, well, we have been trying to attempt a kind of a crossover because we have been discussing the novel of Election and its mm -hmm. sequel on his podcast. And today we're going to talk about the movie adaptation, the famous movie adaptation of Election uh, on, on this podcast. So hello, Dan. Yeah. yeah. Hey, good. I, I don't I don't have much to say. I, I, <laughs> I, I appreciate this. This gave me a reason to buy the Criterion Blu-ray of Election. Oh. Cool. Uh, which I'd kind of been putting off uh, and it, it looks so good. Like I I've had the DVD for a number of years and, and for a while I thought like, Oh, I don't need to upgrade that. And then like, now that I have, it's like, man, I hmm. needed to upgrade that. It looks so good. So yeah, we, yeah. we've already agreed pre recording that we, we really like this movie. It has, it is an, uh, um, a beloved movie, a critically acclaimed movie, although, mm -hmm. um, it, it, it has been more claimed in retrospect than when it actually came out, where it was beloved, but not as much as a, a couple of years later. Um, Which is kind it's, of it's... interesting to me, because I think, if I remember right, Citizen Ruth was mm -hmm. fairly popular right when it came out. So, more, so you would less, think yes. that, yeah, like at least popular in the like way that like indie films can be popular. Yeah. Like people had kind of heard of it. Yeah. And so you would figure that the guys, I think next movie, I'm not, I don't think there was one in between, would no, also no. be kind of like a, a notable title that people would pay attention to. And I mean, Matthew Broderick was already a big deal. So, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, it, 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 it didn't make that much money, it made like 17 million, which is not that much. But I mean, it, it got an Oscar nomination for its screenplay. It got uh, a Golden Globe nomination. It got a lot of Indie Spirits Awards. So it, it, it did get acclaimed. But I I think it took the movie a couple of years to be as acclaimed mm -hmm. as it is now. It, that didn't happen right away. Um, well, and as we know, 1999 was a really good year exactly, for movies. Yeah. So any awards recognition in a year that's got that many good movies is, I in my opinion, kind of like amplified. Like, yeah, for sure. And I mean, every movie that Alexander Payne made afterwards was considered an awards contender and got nominations mm -hmm. and so on. So definitely the election helped him in that. But we're getting ahead of ourselves before okay. because before, Sorry. before we get into the movie. No, 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 not your fault at all. Um, I, I, I got I started it before we get into our movie. Uh, there is some something I ask every guest on this episode, um, even even uh, repeated guests, uh, which is because this this podcast deals with uh, sexual and violent content in movies and its its meaning and its uh, impact that it has on mm -hmm. viewers or uh, also how like what parents think what children are supposed to watch and shouldn't watch. 
So can you, from the top of your head, think of, of, of a movie that you saw as a child that disturbed you in any way because of its maybe sexual or violent content? That's a good question. So I was in a very kind of, I'll, I'll vamp here while I try and think of something. I was in a very kind of sheltered conservative home. Mm -hmm. uh, so pretty much anything sexual was no, no go. And similarly, there wasn't much in the way of violence that was allowed. Like I hadn't seen a rated R movie until I was like 17. Oh, wow. um, okay. So I, I was kind of very, yeah, I was, I, I've been making up, making up for lost time in the last <laughs> uh, decade. But I mean, I guess kind of like a, what were you saying? But it doesn't have to be R-rated, just a movie that you, you saw as a kid that had like sure, an, yeah. an impact and some kind of disturbing or like impact that, that, mm -hmm. that like, I don't know, haunted you or something because almost everyone has that. It doesn't have to be R-rated. Sometimes kids' movies have that effect. Sure. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Like anything I've, that comes to mind. I have, I have thick skin usually. I remember, so I saw Jurassic Park mm -hmm. pretty late. I was like 11 or 12. And so like, I wasn't properly like scared or freaked out by Jurassic Park, mm -hmm. but I did still feel like if I'd seen this younger, I would have, I would have been because so, I don't movie. know. Yeah. I mean, you know, the air conditioner in brave little toaster like those kind of mm -hmm. moments but i don't think i watched that enough for it to like really have an impact i mean maybe I'll you probably, get lucky. i'll probably think of something like tomorrow and text <laughs> you about it and be like oh it was this this was the answer but that's fine that's, that's fine. a good question getting getting a little bit older when i was in college 18 or 19 i watched american pie as mm -hmm. part of my like making up for lost times <laughs> i'll watch i'll watch anything now there i was initially like unsettled by the sexual content within mm -hmm. american pie and i remember thinking like i wonder if this was a mistake like maybe there was a line that i shouldn't <laughs> have crossed i i've i've grown up i've i've adjusted to that yeah but i mean i i like very, american pie but that's very interesting because I think that's something that we forget in retrospect because so much mm -hmm. has changed in film industry. But when American Pie came out, it was like, I, I, I don't want to call it controversial, but it was the controversial. Way it, the, the way it depicted sex <laughs> was unusual at the time. Like people were, yeah. were shocked that, that a movie comedy could be that mm -hmm. explicit. And, and I saw it in cinema. I remember that really, really well. And people were like, oh, wow. And I mean, it, yeah. it set a new standard, I would argue, that now, mm -hmm. looking back, seems like, oh, this is just normal. Like, it's a normal comedy, maybe a bit outrageous, but we have seen so many outrageous comedies since then. Mm -hmm. But at the time, it was, yeah, it was kind of uh, shocking for audiences. And then uh, what, uh, around that same time in early college would have been when I first saw Pulp Fiction and the, like, middle to end of Pulp Fiction. I mean, that's a very kind of shocking uh sure, sexual yeah. violent kind of moment certainly yeah so yeah of course tarantino yeah. uh again has imprinted a lot of uh violence and sexual violence on the 90s um yeah as i discussed before okay interesting interesting that's no I, it's I mean, a good it's a good question i'm gonna i'm gonna keep thinking about that 
But it's interesting, uh, actually. You, you're yeah. the first that, that doesn't have a movie right away. And I mean, if, if there was not a movie like that in your childhood, I mean, good for you, right? I mean, <laughs> I don't want to make this question sound like everyone has to be like disturbed or uh, traumatized. I don't want to overuse that word uh, by sure. movies. And, and if that didn't happen to you, again, good for you. Not everyone has to have nightmares. I, I was and, just, and... I was, I was so sheltered and so like kept from anything that i it, it was a real point of tension because i you you know i i really like movies and obviously <laughs> when i was 14 or 15 i really liked movies i just wasn't allowed to see practically anything um and so it was uh it was a strange uh period of my life for sure interesting so. interesting yeah Again, yep. as I've discussed many times before, like my childhood was the opposite, where like just nobody cared what I was watching. Like mm -hmm. anything was on, on TV and I just sat there and watched along, no matter how disturbing it was. And no one just cared about it. Like no one even thought about it, which was also not good. Like I I yeah. that's not how I do the do deal with it with my kids, for example. Mm -hmm. Because I, I, I do want I don't want to shelter them, but I do want to be at least be there for them if they see something that might disturb them or that scares them. And, and that's something I would have wished for. So I don't want to envy you for your for the extreme way you, you've grown up with movies because that's also not good. But the other end yeah. of the spectrum is also not not great. Um, yeah, yeah, there's so that, that's definitely like, an interesting answer. Yeah, there's like healthy places in the middle. Oh, but, yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay, good. Um, then let's let's get to our movie election again. And uh, what I always start with, uh, because it's called Parents Guide, and I always have the Parents Guide open. And the first thing on the Parents Guide is the rating, the MPAA rating, which I always like to quote, because the MPAA uh, has been very creative by describing why this movie is rated the way it is. So that's where I, we start. I saw one MPAA. I, I've seen some great ones over the years. There was yeah. one that mentioned like, a scene of alcohol mm -hmm. all or like a picture of alcohol there was one that like called out teen partying and not yeah. like aggressive teen partying but just like the fact of them having fun there there are fantastic yeah uh, yeah i had uh, i had a uh varied examples on this podcast by now um, and this one is well I i'll just read it out so this movie is rated r uh, for, as the M MPAA says, strong sexuality, sex-related dialogue and language, comma, and a scene of drug use. It's an interesting where's sentence the, structure. Where's the drug use? Um, I don't remember drug use. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, actually. Where is Does somebody get, use? like, offered pot or something? I mean, it's not something... Oh, well... Tammy and Jennifer smoke pot at one point. Okay, it says in okay. the parents' guide, which is like so. Okay, like, no, yeah. Wow. And there's some. We see some partying at, at one point, but that's about it. Yeah. But I mean, enough for for the MPAA to include it in its in its uh, uh, explanation for a movie that is rated R already, right? It's not like the drug use mm -hmm. would, would push it over to the R because this movie would have been R right, even right. without this pot smoking. That's uh, well. Yeah. The MPAA is great. They They're are looking at ridiculous. Looking at international ratings, just in comparison, uh, is something I, I like to oh, do. Yeah. In, Germ in Germany, this movie always is rated 12. always a good thing to do. In Germany, the movie is rated twelve, which is not surprising because, mm -hmm. as I repeat myself, uh, sex sexual content uh, never gets uh, gives a, a, a high rating in in Germany. 
Uh, and, and many other countries, European countries have a similar rating. The lowest rating, and this is something that um, we'll come back to again and again and again on this podcast, is in France, where every other R-rated <laughs> movie so far has been rated 12. This time, it is not rated 12 in France. It is rated without any rating. So basically, it is for all ages. Anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember hearing one time that the... The poster for a movie, I think it was one of the Saw movies, but I don't remember exactly. In France, the poster was just like a full-on naked person, like covered <laughs> in blood or something. And like, that was the poster for this yeah. movie. I, I, I didn't know that before I started this podcast, but by now I realized France yeah. is really, really, really like, <laughs> yeah. they, they don't have a problem with anything when it comes to ratings. I, I actually... I've been paying I mean, attention. Saw is rated sixteen at least. Oh, sorry. I, 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 yeah. Saw is rated sixteen in France. At least, at least a movie that is not rated twelve or lower. <laughs> <laughs> I've been paying attention to international ratings for a long time because the U.S. ones, the MPAA is so messed up that mm -hmm. I would, for a while, still not be allowed to see it. But I would try to make a case with my parents. I'd be like, this is for 12 year olds in Canada. Mm -hmm. Like this is for like <laughs> interesting. Like, yeah. And and you actually can the movies that are definitely R rated are like 18 plus in a lot of these other countries where you're yes. like, yeah, yes. like like Antichrist is not yes, going to be sure, 12 yeah. anywhere. Like no. you can still. But there no. are so many american r-rated movies that are 15 anywhere else or 12 yeah. anywhere else or, or 12 even in germany but especially in france yeah i, I again i've yeah. seen it again and again and again like uh other countries really really um but just because i i do a, a quick uh fact check in sweden and denmark anti antichrist is rated 15 wow yeah that's so crazy is, to me it is possible <laughs> it is possible yeah gosh so yeah there's always a country that that lowers the bar or that it says oh well it's not that bad actually i wonder um, i wonder what movies are rated r in sweden and denmark like how yeah it's, it's a good question um i don't where, want to get where into is that the now, line but, it, but it's a really good question actually that's hilarious maybe they don't have an 18 maybe 15 is the highest rating that's also possible okay well, that that would be that would be reasonable yeah, I mean, still, compared to other countries, if 15 is the highest rating, then um, that's also interesting, yeah. of course. Yeah, 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 actually, that's what it looks like right now. Anyway, we're not talking about Denmark and Sweden right now. Um, <laughs> I mean, in Sweden, election is rated seven. So similar right, to France. there we go. There we go. Yeah. Okay, um, we are getting sidetracked so much already. Uh, we are talking so much before we actually get into what we're sorry. going to be getting into. No, don't be sorry. Uh, that's normally this, a sign of a, a good conversation. And we I, warmed ourselves I, up with our book conversation already. So that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I have another question for you because now we get into the aspects of this movie. And I always start with, uh, we talk about sex and we talk about violence and we start mm -hmm. with violence. And my question for you, uh, and this will be interesting in, th in this case, what would you argue is the most violent scene in this movie? I would argue, I was thinking about this as I was going, I was like, where okay. is the moment of greatest violence? I would argue that the most violent thing that's actually like presented on mm -hmm. screen is where Mr. McAllister crumples up the two votes and drops them in the trash can. Oh, I didn't even write that down as a violent moment. But yeah, I get your point, of course, mm -hmm. because that is 
you are right. It is a kind of violence. It, you could almost argue it's political violence, you, yeah. you could say, right? Because he he, he uses he, his power. He's looked at her jumping and seeing her excitement outside the window. Yeah. And now he's going, I have to crush her. Yes. And symbolically crushes the votes. Yes. And then almost immediately regrets it. But in that moment, it is... It's it's like the the gospels the like uh, thought that you kill someone if you have the like negative thought about them, like yes. like it's that same kind of idea. There's there's a kind of um, there there's a clear cinematic parallel between Tracy and the votes for Tracy, yeah. and he is crushing one because he can't crush the other. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's a very good point. Yeah. Of course, this doesn't turn up on the parents' guide or anything, but yeah, it you, should have a, you have an excellent it point should. there, right? I, I don't, I don't want a parents' guide that says there's psychological violence against paper. Well, I've uh, seen so many things on parents' guide; anything <laughs> would be possible. You wouldn't believe That's some of true. the things that are on the parents' That's guide. That's true. Although, and and this is another sidetrack. Something that I've also noticed on parents' guide is a lot of people because it is made by users. This is not mm -hmm. official. Is that very often on movies, especially on horror movies, people write the parents' guide and keep saying, it's not that bad, it's not that violent, you don't see much, it's not that mm -hmm. gory, for movies that are very gory, because they, yeah. they want to make it sure that movies are harmless, which is also funny, that they use the parents' guide for the other extreme. Anyway, not in this case, uh, but yeah, I think you have a good point here. And and you explained it very well. I, I don't think I have to uh, I have to say any, did, any more to that. It is the pivotal yeah, scene of the movie, right? I mean, this is what, this did is what you, it all leads up to. Yeah. What did you mark down as? I mean, what I do when I go through the movie, I, I just oh, write yeah, every every moment that has violence or sex in it. And if you mm -hmm. ask me, which uh, normally no one does, but it's an interesting question. I would. I mean, I agree kind of with you, but actual mm -hmm. violence. I mean, the most violent moment in a way, and. It, the movie doesn't have a lot of violence. It almost has no violence at all, right? Actual violence. Like, yeah. this is a really not violent movie. But the most violent moment is when Tracy tears down the posters. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you see her bloody hands, right? Mm -hmm. So there is actual violence. It's almost like self-harm in a way, right? The way she she deals with her frustration over how the election is going and that she she can't do what she wants to do. And then well, she and does that's... this violent act. Also another act of political violence in a way. Right. And that's such a great moment because it it's like a parallel of later when he like those are two instances of crushed yeah. paper. Yes. And similarly, she looks at her hand like she has blood on her hands now, just like later he figuratively has blood on his hands and, once he's and, done that. And both deny it at first. Yeah. So there are really Absolutely. parallels to, to these two mm -hmm. actions, right? And we never see, we almost never, I, I mean, we do see Tracy lose her cool at times uh, mm -hmm. when, when she sees that Paul is running to uh, for president. She, she, sure. she gets angry and upset, but this is the only time where she really freaks out, where she really mm -hmm. hurts too much for her. And she only allows herself that when she is alone, like not in public, and, no one sees it. And just to, I mean, I won't be the like, let's talk about the book all the time, but it's different mm -hmm. in the book. In the book, it's individual posters. Uh, put mm -hmm. up all over the school so it's the gesture of like taking down a flyer it's yeah. not like this massive banner and there's no blood on her hands she's yeah, just taking down pieces of paper that were hung up around the halls yeah it's more violent yeah. in the movie yeah it absolutely true. is yeah yeah other that's moments of point. violence and, 
and and there's really not much left like the only other moment and this is something we did talk about for a moment on 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 your podcast is the ending when we see mm-hmm. uh, Mr. McAllister throwing the I think milkshake at the car when he sees Tracy in Washington uh, mm-hmm. where in the book they actually do talk and they have mm-hmm. kind of a reconciliation and here he sees her and he's just still so angry that he throws this shake well, the milkshake at the car and then runs away uh, in panic and didn't and in the book, she doesn't necessarily get to Washington within the span no, of the book. True. It's just a couple months later, and they're still in town. He's working at the car dealership yeah. uh, down down the road. So yeah. some interesting changes there. The other moment of violence that I think should be mentioned is that of sexual violence, which is that, you know, she she has been groomed and abused off camera. And okay, we, we get to that. The... We get to that when we get to sex. Oh, okay. Because okay. you're right. You're right. And we have to talk about that, especially. The, I mean, it the is movie, violance. How the yeah. movie depicts it. But okay, I mean, sorry. we could. We could. No, you. No, no, no I don't. I don't want to. I just wanted to mention that, like, yeah, you know, it's a good point. Th- there's it's a really good point. There, there is, vi- there is violence. It's just, it's background violence. But you know what? Let's talk so, about. So yeah. because let's let's talk about that okay. issue because the movie does not show that it mm-hmm. doesn't even really discuss the book it doesn't either i don't think yeah uh no but like there's this moment um i i forgot uh, to do a plot summary as i wanted to but there is a moment when uh tracy and a teacher have an affair um like uh, mm-hmm. there's a teacher who like as you say is grooming her who says oh well you don't have many friends maybe you do want someone to talk to and he really mm-hmm. goes where he knows she he she, she's vulnerable and um Mm-hmm. They start making out. And then there is a moment when they have sex for the first time. In the movie, what you see is like he's getting everything ready. And then we just see her walking into a room. And mm. she, we hear her say that what she misses the most was talking to him. Mm-hmm. Which implies that the sex was not important for her. In the book, we do actually have a description of the sex scene where she explicitly says that she did not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a difference there where the book makes you makes mm-hmm. it more clear that it's not not great for her like that that it's it's uh mm-hmm. it's more sexual violence. I think the movie leaves it out and it's really really only work on an implication. The um, movie does have I mean the scene where we see in the movie he's called Dave grooming yeah. her is a yes. really clear scene of grooming. Yes. yes. Um like there are no there's no like, oh, this is also romantic or what. Like, this is yes. a really clear grooming moment, uh, which, you know, the 90s were a little hit miss on, as you know. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, American Beauty and all. But American Beauty, The Crush. Yes, yes, yes. The, yes. Lo- the Lolita, Adrian Lin's Lolita. Yeah. To There's some degree, I like to some degree, I like those movies, but they're a lot muddier on the line of of grooming but there are a lot of examples uh, now that i think about it like i've seen oh there's like a lot poison, yeah. Yeah, poison yeah. ivy is another movie even oh yeah fear, poison ivy even fear with reese witherspoon that i that comes to mind now where there's also a moment one, but um where the man. father oh who plays the father i completely forgot now like checks out a young girl and then Mark Wahlberg as the uh violent boyfriend is like oh well huh, you you like young girls too i uh, I didn't even mention happiness. Well, uh, 
that yeah. that's uh that's that's definitely one of those yes yeah. happiness is an extreme example uh, which has been uh, at the at the point of this recording it had not, has not been released yet but it, we uh, i have discussed this movie on this podcast by oh now. nice um, that's good so that's a great uh that's a great example for this uh podcast. so for people uh, who who listen to every episode uh, yeah we discussed everything about uh when it comes to this uh on on this very very interesting movie yeah you're, you're right the 90s is a an, an era of grooming um which is <laughs> We could it, talk for an it, hour just about that now. It really but coming is. Back, coming back yeah. to election, I, I think the, the, yes, the difference course. between the book and the movie here is very interesting because, again, I think mm -hmm. the movie does not show that much. Although it does show, mm -hmm. and now we skipped over my, my initial question, um, it does show Sorry. sex in other moments. But here, again, it does not really show how the sex is for Tracy or not mm -hmm. even what she thinks about it. It never, like, we never see her say anything about it either. What we do get... Uh, is that yes, Dave uh, is is shown as uh, clearly uh, trying to get her to have sex with him. Like we mm -hmm. in the book, I think it's you could think for a moment because we only see it from her perspective that maybe he is actually falling in love with her for some reason. In the movie, you you never think that. Uh, like, and I I think it's worth pointing out that in the book, it's much more of a or it feels much more like an affair. Yes, like. She she has a continued dalliance with this guy yes. for a while. And in the movie, it's presented much more as like a one or two time thing. Yes. Um, like like a much more yeah. fleeting encounter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, yeah. And the moment where we see her go into this room, like we see only her, we see his hand like guiding her mm -hmm. into the room. And then she says, what I miss the most is talking to Dave. And then there is a cut and we see a close up of his face mm -hmm. telling Mr. McAllister um, how how wet her pussy gets. And it's really mm -hmm. obscene and offensive the way he says that. And it it makes it very clear like what he cares about and and that, that he... That just even though he later says they're in love, but this is what he tells his friend, right? This is mm -hmm. all he cares about. That he cannot right. get enough of of this teenage sexuality. Uh, it's mm -hmm. really gross. It's really really gross. And I think mm -hmm. all the depiction of him is is showing him as a a really a gross and I don't know silly person. Like the way yeah he, he I mean he's it's to to use a perhaps overly used phrase and i don't mean to use it flippantly it's locker talk like it's yeah, that yeah uh it's that kind of sense of like i'm in high school i'm talking with the boys about the girls mm -hmm. over the weekend yes and and the movie is saying like this is really messed up because he's not in high school yes. and the movie is kind of you know it's it's at the very least like not particularly appropriate but the movie is very clear that like this is messed up and largely because he's not in high school yes and when you say the movie takes this perspective i mean he says that to mr McAllister, matthew broderick who clearly says hey i don't want to hear this this is wrong yeah, this is yeah. morally wrong um mm -hmm. and so he at this point we are still 
we still identify with uh with Mr. McAllister with with Matthew mm-hmm. Broderick. So when he says that, we are like, yeah, of course, this is wrong. What he's telling you is wrong. And then it's over pretty soon. Like he's confronted by the principal and he starts crying like a baby. And it's really mm-hmm. absurd. And then he's like out of the movie until the very, very, very end. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting how the movie deals with that. Because later when they do talk about it, when Mr. McAllister confronts Tracy with this story, she's like, mm-hmm. well, if Dave hadn't been so silly and childish, nothing would have happened. And we could have, could have just kept going again implying that sh- that that it is not a big deal to her mm-hmm. i think the movie does not show that it has any real effect on her which is an interesting thing to keep in mind because like this movie is very considerably concerned with sex but yes. it's also concerned with the way that sex usually doesn't actually like everyone, I was thinking of uh, there's a there's a line in the show Big Mouth uh, where the character Andrew, who's at the time in seventh grade, says, "I'm horny and I'm making bad decisions." It's like <laughs> that's election. Everyone yes. is horny and making bad decisions. Yes, even more in the book, like, but even in the movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the decisions aren't exactly like super connected to the horniness all the time like sometimes they are but a lot of the time it's just kind of this there's lots of sex content going on in this movie that's kind of related to the other events that are going on yes yes and that occasionally is very related so before we go to yeah. get to other sexual moments, uh, because now that I'm, yeah, of course, I, again, just like like last time we talked, um, I I'm having thoughts while we talk about it, and I think the way the movie depicts how Tracy deals with this uh, inappropriate relationship to the teacher that it doesn't show that it affects her really, mm-hmm. like she doesn't really seem to care. She just moves on. There's only this implication, but it, that's really all about the movie has to say about that. It it accuses Dave of of doing that and it it like it makes it clear that what he does is wrong but it does not mm-hmm. show that she suffers from it in any way and mm-hmm. you brought up something when we talked last time that I had not noticed and I do want to get into it because I did look into it a little bit more um mm-hmm. two things one um there we, we realized uh, last time we talked that there will be an, a movie version of the 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 um sequel to the novel um, with Reese Witherspoon again, and also by Alexander Payne, the director of Election. And you brought up something again I had known, that Alexander Payne was accused of sexual abuse by Rose McGowan in 2020, which, again, I've completely mm-hmm. missed. And uh, since yesterday, I looked into it, and it's it's messy. Like, she she at first said that he raped her when she was 15, and that he showed her like a softcore porn and then threw her out on the street, basically. Um, and she mm-hmm. later said they had like an like they had sex several times, she says then. Like she never details again where the rape happened. She just says she was underage and he had a relationship to her, and he was like 29 or something. Like she at first says it was rape, but she never gets into the rape claim again and just says it was uh, she was underage. Which is kind of messy. It, it, it's it's not exactly mm-hmm. clear what she is accusing him of, besides the fact mm-hmm. that she was a minor. That she she makes that very clear. 
Mm-hmm. And he responded and said, no, she was not. When I met her, she was 18. I never showed her any sex movies. And we dated a couple of times, which is also messy because that it does imply that they did have sex, but he never mm-hmm. says that explicitly. And he says he supports her and her cause and everything. So both sides are not entirely clear uh, on what was going on. And also, like uh, I read, I, I went through... Twitter feeds and comment sections and people discussing all of this and it's like all the on both sides the details seem to be pretty messed up and it's not Mm -hmm. entirely clear what happened when and what was even possible and who was where at that time and how old Rose McGowan actually is and and so on and so on it's really really odd still I do find it odd that this didn't get more traction for such a I would say high profile director who, uh, as you said uh, last time, is pretty good at, no, you said that about the author, but still, I would say even Alexander Payne is not, is known for having interesting female characters. You mentioned Citizen Ruth, mm-hmm. right? For example, or Election. So he's he's like... And not- the, the, the side, I, there's no chance I'm going to remember her name, but the side character in Downsizing... Uh, was pretty good. The daughters in The Descendants are really good characters. And I mean, Um, Kathy Bates and about Schmidt, right, is is, uh, a pretty significant mm -hmm. uh, character, a female character. Yeah, I forgot who did that one. For for someone who's known for like at least having interesting female characters to be accused of something like that, and and -hmm. it's not really coming up. And I did look into people reacting to the announcement of the sequel that he's directing there are people who bring it up on Twitter to say, hey, let's not forget about the accusations and maybe mm-hmm. someone else should direct this movie. But it's it's not much. I, I think mm-hmm. I think this will not come up much, uh, even when the movie comes out. I cannot imagine that. And I find that interesting. It is and interesting, I do find it interesting yeah. To, to bring it back around. Now that I think about Election and how the movie does not show that Tracy suffers at all from this relationship to this teacher... Like I can't can't help but wonder how intentional this is. When again, the book is more explicit about that it's not great for her. Yeah, I think that's a good point. That there is this sense. I don't want to call it like you know sneaky or whatever, but there's this sense, and you know, election is far from alone in this. Yeah, I mean, this is all over the '90s, as we just mentioned the court of, mm-hmm. sort of like grooming themes that especially like sort of 16 year old 17 year old girls were effectively adults in 90s movies yeah there's it's a very blurry line yeah in media it is not a blurry line in reality um <laughs> it's not a blurry line legally speaking but in terms of what media did yeah for sure they yeah. made this line really fuzzy like i said like i still you know somewhat shamefully i think american beauty is a pretty good movie i, like, I don't think it's you have got, to say that shamefully i would agree i think got, i am still the yeah, american beauty yeah <laughs> it does have its problems for sure but i think it's, it's got problems movie. but yeah i think it's yeah so and, it's and I think American it, Beauty yeah. is more explicit in showing the problems of the grooming aspect than for oh, example yeah. election is. Certainly. Um, I would argue. And now, now that I'm thinking about that, there are two other moments in this movie about this whole affair with the teacher 
Mm -hmm. uh, one is, again, when they do talk about it, when it becomes clear that Mr. McAllister is blaming Tracy for all of that. Like, he mm -hmm. makes it pretty clear that she is responsible for his friend losing his job. Mm -hmm. But earlier, it is clear that the, 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 the teacher is, of course, the one who initiates all of this and who should right. have known better. And there's also this moment early Which, in the beginning. At least, at least for me, that's one of the points where I start to kind of stop connecting as much with Mr. Yeah. McAllister yeah. and start to see him as just as juvenile as Dave yeah. and lots of the other characters you know, which, you know, it's fine. Like, I still am deeply interested in the character, but it's yeah. like, I'm not really rooting for him anymore. And um, and, and, and just to not be yeah. mistaken, the movie does a lot of moments where to make him look mm -hmm. kind of pathetic and silly as well. I oh, think yeah. At the end of the movie, it's hard to feel any sympathy for him anymore. I mean, he gets stung in the eye with yeah. a bee. That's not at least at this point. Another uh, violent moment, by the way. Um, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, but what I wanted to get at, there's this other moment when he uh, sits in a car and Tracy comes to him and asks him about this list of signatures. Mm -hmm. And we get a perspective where it looks like she is coming on to him. And because with all the backstory, we we are supposed to think that at least he thinks, oh, now he's he's mm -hmm. done with, uh, she's done with Dave. Now she's trying the same with me because she says, oh, once I'm president, we would spend a lot of time together, Mr. Yeah. McAllister. That, it, again, it's just another moment where she's framed as someone who could potentially be looking for another opportunity like that. And the movie never mm -hmm. shows like that, that this is not what's on her mind at all. Like this moment stands right. the way yeah. it is. I think, I think the movie, and maybe this is just, you know, my interpretation, but I think the movie does a pretty good job showing us that that's Mr. McAllister's anxiety and that obviously Tracy does not care about that at all. Like she does Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. So. But since we um, don't get a lot of insight into what yeah, she no, thinks that's about fair. her sexual relationship yeah. to the teacher, we don't yeah. really know. We don't really know. Right. It's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. Because we never see her discuss sex or relationships at all in, in the rest of the movie. Right. All mm -hmm. we get is this, is this relationship. So I think it's not entirely clear. And again, the book is much more clearer about that. It's, mm -hmm. it's more explicit when it comes to that and shows that this is definitely not what she cares about. Well, because um, the book more explicitly wants us thinking of Bill Clinton and Anita yes. Hill and yes. the yes. the sex scandals of the early 90s. It's very explicitly set in 1992 it's yeah. very it, like it very much wants us thinking of these specifics, whereas the movie is a lot more general, even though they move the setting to Omaha, Nebraska, which is close enough to Arkansas, where Bill Clinton's from, that I still thought like, oh, yeah, it's that same kind of like middle America kind of thing. But yeah. that could you know have been what, a coincidence. What, you know why they moved it to Omaha? No, no I don't. Well, because Alexander Payne is from Omaha and a lot of his movies are oh, set okay. there. So that's a simple reason. Sure. Um, yeah. That makes sense. It I, does make I mean, the end of this movie, like, weird that they're both now on the East Coast. It's like, yeah. you should have you done a different ending if you yeah, were. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now I'll ask a question I should have asked, like, I don't know, 20 minutes ago. Um <laughs> What would you say is the most sexual moment of this movie? That's a good 
question because there are a lot of explicit relatively explicit sex scenes like the scene we just talked about for for so long is not explicit at all but there are a lot of of scenes that depict sex in one way or another or or sexual relations or whatever yes i would say i think it's the second sex scene in which mr McAllister is having Mm -hmm. sex with his wife uh Mm -hmm. from behind Mm -hmm. and he fantasizes first about Dave's wife, Linda, and mm-hmm. then about Tracy sort of fantasizes. She pops into his head. It's it's not a fantasy in the sense that like American beauty is a fantasy like her. No, I mean, yeah, we, we see early in the movie that like they, they're trying to become pregnant. And so sex mm-hmm. is, it's a kind of a cliche like sex is not um, it's not very satisfying for him anymore because it's all about that Mm. although we do see that his wife is really trying to make it exciting anyway like she's Mm. not forcing him or or anything but he's just not into it anymore and Mm. in the second scene that you mentioned like he does fantasize about dave's wife because uh and later they do have an affair um Mm -hmm. so it, it makes sense but then tracy pops up and again it's something that there were only hints at that that he might be actually attracted to tracy in a way. Mm-hmm. And I found that scene watching it now, especially when I rewatch it today, it kind of, it made me feel a little bit uncomfortable because mm-hmm. we see Tracy and it's not just that he fantasizes about Tracy, but then she keeps saying to him like, like, fuck me, fuck me. And so on. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, well, this is still supposed to be this student. I mean, Reese Witherspoon was like 25 when they made that movie, but still mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of weird to see how, um, how his fantasy is shown, how explicit it becomes and it works, right? I mean, then we, mm-hmm. we see him climaxing because of that. Um, and I think it's a pretty... I, I, I'm quite... I like the way that scene is shot. Yeah. Because he's already got distance from his wife. And because then, he's not seeing her face. Right. And then he does see the face, the, the yes. like visual of the face like slides over from the right of the screen in yeah, sort of in this kind cartoonish of... fashion yes exactly yeah and then that visual is then replaced by tracy um who at that point you know there's no sort of like seduction like linda's fancy in his mind is very kind of seductive and smooth yeah. and whatnot uh and then tracy's just like fuck me and there's something so well kind of violent about that fantasy that he has where it's it's not that he's attracted to her i don't think i think he's just kind of attracted to the youth and ambition that she represents well another aspect that we have to discuss is that moment in the car that i mentioned before where it looks like she's coming onto him that mm-hmm. night we see him lying in bed and like thinking of her, like she's his voice, her voice is still in her head. And then he goes downstairs to the basement to his secret porn stash and is True. watching a porn movie where uh, a student, a female student is having sex with, with a, a male student, not with a teacher, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, yeah, but still, it's, it's, don't the quarter, like... it's a quarter, it's a quarterback cheerleader locker yes. room porn. And then we hear Tracy in his in his head again. Like again, Mm -hmm. there is an implication that he like is attracted by this idea, at least of like Mm -hmm. students and student sex and so on. 
Mm-hmm. Which, which does, when we earlier see him talk to Dave and tell him how morally wrong all of that is, it does help to make his morals more skewed already very early on mm-hmm. uh, when we see him there. And what's so interesting about that scene is that he's just sitting in a basement drinking Pepsi. Like, he's not he's not masturbating or anything. He's just watching that movie as if yeah, it's just for he's entertainment. Just, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, it's I think the the choice of movie is obviously, as it always is quite telling in that it's sort of this like i'm reminiscing on the glory days he wasn't the high school quarterback he's sort of he's fantasizing less about the sex and more about like getting the attention of the cheerleader yes and like that is i think like that's the fantasy here I, I did pull it up one more time because it's so it is kind of funny. Like the quarterback is reading a book in the locker room. Like he's like an intellectual yeah. quarterback. Um, the movie yeah, yeah. called Touchdown with an exclamation mark. And when we do see his porn stash, because he has like a couple of VHSs in his secret box. And one of the VHSs, I see that now, is called The Big Election. And then the L is, uh, is, is uh, replaced by an R, um, which is kind of the like erection. a joke to the... To the yeah. movie itself, uh, to make an oh, election, that's fantastic! Joke. No, I've never. I've, I'll have to watch for that. I've never yeah, caught I, that. I, before. I, I have missed that's... that. I just see that now for the first yeah. time because it's just like it's a blink and you miss it moment. It, it's just like half a second where you yeah. see those other porn tapes. It's it, it's interesting. It's quite interesting. Yeah, the sex scene before this one is mm-hmm. really interesting. Yes. where he's trying to get his wife pregnant because it's shot. Yeah, like I I don't even know how to dis. It's shot parallel like it's shot you see the the bed would be like up and down in the is like top to bottom in the frame the the camera is like rotated 90 degrees right so it's like they're they're yeah yeah it's not not upside down but it's like it's as if they are standing while they are lying it's really weird there's a moment later i was struck by i was like i've i've never i can't think of any other sex scenes that I've ever seen shot that way. No, like it's, it's so like you said, it's like they're standing up, but they aren't. So they're face to face Mm -hmm. and they're kind of like face to face the way we're looking like parallel to the way we're looking at the screen. So we're like mirrored to them. I guess it could, it could kind of suggest the like futility of their efforts yeah uh to to have this connection but since they're not in like an intimate way or or whatever yeah but yeah it's a fascinating it's a fascinating effect it to is. have it, it this is. sex scene that doesn't show anything no except no, not really, two people no. lying on a bed that's presented to us like as if they're sta- like the bed is up and down in the frame it's really unusual. I'm not exactly sure what the point is. I think it's supposed to underline that again that that it's not satisfying, that it's not exciting for him. Maybe mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the point. Although then later in the other scene, we we it's it's shot in a like normal fashion, but I'm I'm, I'm not entirely sure. It, it's but it's interesting for sure. It's an interesting decision to to and film the sex in this way. It do, one thing it does do. Is so after after he finishes, she like pulls her knees up yes. to her, which is supposed to help with contraception. Yes. But because of the way it's framed, 
you can just imagine like the you know sperm or whatever just like falling out yeah, you can that's imagine true. Yeah. like gravity oh, yeah, that's interesting yeah like gravity is preventing their her effort is not working because the camera is going the opposite direction. Yeah, that's a very interesting um, interpretation of, of this technique. Yeah, you're right. It's futile, right, what they're doing. Like, it, it doesn't mm -hmm. lead to anything, right? And it won't, right? We we, we realize that later. And, and so, yeah, that maybe that's it. Yeah, that's I, I really like that, yeah. That was and I mean, the best I could come up with. No, that's a good. That's a better than anything I could come up with. I, mean, I really <laughs> like this interpretation. Uh, it's it's a good point. Yeah, I mean, it's the, a the... fascinating scene. Yeah, it is. I I, I really like, think it is. The 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 white yeah. character is is kind of of nothing. I would argue. Like she's mm -hmm. really flat. Like we really almost get nothing about her. Mm -hmm. She uh, the the actress. I don't even know who it is. I'm unfortunately, but she she's doing as much as she can with the few scenes she has and the little dialogue she has. Uh, but yeah, because we get much more about Dave's wife that he fantasizes about, like we see him mm -hmm. looking at her cleavage and then later like making jokes about having an affair and then they do have an affair right. and then and so on and so on. Yeah, yeah we get a lot about that. Um, and well, some... and his his actual wife, I forget her name, like when they're eating dinner or whatever, the camera frames it in such a way that there's like incredible distance between them. It, it, it's it... clear that even though. And, and you kind of get the sense that because she's real, because she's the person he actually has, she's inherently less appealing than the fantasies that he has. Yes. I think yeah. what's interesting about this relationship is, again, she doesn't have a lot of scenes and dialogue, but she's, she comes across as a really interesting, funny, understanding character, mm -hmm. right? And, and she's not a cliche. She's not the boring annoying wife cliche that makes him yeah. fantasize about other women no not at all she no, seems she's really loving and everything but he still doesn't really the, the care. problem the problem is explicitly with him yeah yeah and early on early on right i mean this scene comes relatively early and even before this sex scene we see him looking at um at uh, at Dave's wife's butt and and later like he is clearly fantasizing about this other woman already mm -hmm. And, and seems to be really unhappy in this relationship. But yeah, as you said, it's clearly his problem and not hers. Like she seems to be quite happy right. with him, even if he's not giving her much and then uh, leaves to the basement to watch porn. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, what other sexual moments do we have in this movie? There are quite quite a few. We talked about a lot already by now. I think we have to talk about uh, Tammy and uh, and uh, what's what's her, her girlfriend's name? Um I believe it's it's Lisa, but I'm not actually sure they even say it in the movie. Yeah, that's in, a good in the book, point. It's, I wonder. In the book, it's Lisa. Yeah, it is Lisa. Yeah, she's listed as um, Lisa. Yeah, Tammy and Lisa have a scene where they don't have sex, but they're lying on bed kissing. Um, it's the most intimate scene of the movie. Yeah, there's so much sex in this movie, but that's the moment that's the most intimate by far. Which then is. Say. Re yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I yeah. think the movie is doing a good job, just like the book, actually, in depicting mm -hmm. this as uh, like tender and real. But of course, this moment is like destroyed really, really fast because like mm -hmm. Tammy's kissing Lisa, and then she gets really upset and runs away, and uh, and then well, uh, quickly uh, starts Paul, having sex with Paul. Yeah, Paul opens the door yes. and like sort of catches them, but is too dumb to figure anything out. Like, but Lisa gets upset before that already. 
Yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah, she al true. already says, "I'm not, I'm not having the same feelings as you. I'm not like you." Mm -hmm. She says, and and then Tammy mm -hmm. says, "What do you mean? Uh, who right, am I?" Right. And like they never say lesbian or anything, but it's it's really clear mm -hmm. that this is what Lisa is, is saying. And then right. again, the novel is much more explicit in all of that, and and showing really mm -hmm. clearly how Lisa's kind of running away from probably her own like feelings for for, mm -hmm. for girls. Uh, by getting into Paul and then uh, in the movie we then later get that scene where she's like where, where there's like a blowjob scene uh, where she's like saying oh I've always been dreaming about this and we know this is nonsense because we see how intimate she was with with Tammy and um, right and Paul of course it's doesn't pretty, understand any of this it's a pretty humorous moment yeah. as the the blowjob quote-unquote scene uh, it's basically one shot of yeah you know paul getting off like yeah it, it's it's a very quick moment that does not have any sort of eroticism to it no um, not at all no it's also not exploitative or anything yeah i, I think it, it's it's quite well it just shows no no it's totally it fine uh and later yeah. we see them in a the pool like uh kissing um, and, 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 and and probably having sex but it's also not explicit. Yeah. It's, it's 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 even more and fleeting. something Something the book does make quite clear is that once Paul, he he really enjoys it. And he's yeah. like, this is fun. I want to have sex all the time. And he's yes. just like, <laughs> like normal high school thing of having lots of sex. Um, yeah. And so the movie does kind of like convey the sense that he's enjoying this relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, probably more so than Lisa is. But the book is really explicit that he's like, yeah, once I discovered sex, it was like that was a thing to do all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he so. genuinely enjoys it. He's not like he's also like, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, his character, it, I think, is interesting, even more so in the movie, because he's so innocent in a way. And it's not performative. Like, no. he doesn't act like he enjoys sex because you know, friends or whatever are telling him or like he's talking, like he doesn't talk to other people about it. You just, he just likes it. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, uh, very interesting. Uh, it's a very interesting moment for sure. I do want to, I, I like to do that. I want to quote from the parents guide. Some of the scenes we talked about already, because sometimes some of the descriptions are interesting. For example, we just talked about the parents guide says a teenage boy steals his sister's ex-girlfriend He's shown climaxing after receiving oral sex from her. No nudity. Um, <laughs> it makes it sound so different than what the scene actually is, I think. Which is often what it, happens with this parent's guide. It makes it sound like he's at fault for stealing. Yeah. Like, like he's at fault here and not an incredibly passive agent in all of this. Which he is. Like, he's so passive in all of that, right? He probably like, he never doesn't even... Of... He doesn't even, I mean, he probably wants the the blowjob, but he doesn't even, like, we don't have a moment of him, like, asking or yeah. anything. Like, it's just a, a rough cut to this happening because everything is happening to Paul. Paul is, like, the least, yeah. Paul has no agency, which is fantastic because very rarely in film do we get male characters that have no agency. And so yes. he's he's highlighting how Tracy has tons of agency, Paul has no agency, basically, 
basically doesn't make any decisions for himself and just kind of highlighting the way the system works differently for the two of them. Yeah, for sure. And we do see him like even trying to make up with his sister and like really being nice to her and mm-hmm. and, and really like he doesn't want to have conflict or anything. He, he just wants everyone to like him know. and be nice to he everyone. He does not know what's going on. No, he's he has like, no clue whatsoever. Tammy, Tammy is mad at me. Yeah. I don't know why. It's like yeah. I I can I can sympathize with that. Yeah, there's this moment when Lisa yeah. says, "Oh, she's probably just doing that to get back at you." And he says, "For what?" And she says, and oh, and like, he says, uh, "Well, for what?" Yeah, yeah. He doesn't understand anything. Yeah, yeah. He's completely And then we move on. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very I think the performance uh, Chris Klein, American Pie again. Uh I think he is doing a really good oh, job yeah. at this. That was, and the same year. was the same year. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good year for him. Yeah. I mean, he didn't do much yeah. afterwards, uh, no. which is which is better. I looked into that. Uh, the the actress of Tammy, which I think is is pretty good in this movie. I mean, um, mm-hmm. she doesn't get as much as she does get in the book, but I, I was mm-hmm. surprised at something I had forgotten when I rewatched the movie, how much we see of her and, and her mm-hmm. agency. She stopped acting a couple of years later and, and died mm-hmm. just a couple of years ago, actually. Oh, man. Very early. Uh, it's not even clear why. It's uh, it's yeah. That's oh. it's really sad because she was quite young. It's unfortunate. Okay. Um, what else do we have? Uh, is there any other sex moment, sexual moment that you would like to discuss? I'm just looking at my notes, but maybe you have something that comes up. I don't think so. Those those first two were the two main ones that I wanted to bring up. Yeah, I think um, we talked about most of it. There's one thing I want to bring up, which comes at the end of the movie. When... It is. It is kind of interesting that we get almost nothing of the affair other than not of Dave and, uh, but of Linda and Mr. Mm-hmm. McAllister. Uh, we, we don't really see like it's, it's implied, but what we see is his sort of like pathetic puppy dog yearning yeah. after the fact where she's like, dude, this was a one-time thing. Yeah. Uh, like we like, see all, all his efforts to, to make this special. They want to meet in the yeah. motel and he's like planning and rushing and doing everything. We see him, really pathetically that i think the movie's really good at this showing him cleaning his penis in the bathtub yeah like yeah it, it's not necessary for the plot but it just shows how how much he thinks about everything and then it mm-hmm. all leads to nothing and then they're like and then, because then he comes home and she's not there and and then like she's talking to his wife and everything is, yep. is uh uncovered yeah i, I think the movie uh, it's really good how the movie shows all of that no matter what i said earlier about how the movie depicts uh, everything about tracy but i think it makes it mm-hmm. really clear how pathetic all of that is and how he, yep. just like Dave, is completely unaware of how none of this could have worked out in any way. Right. Like everything he says to Dave in the beginning is exactly the same mistakes that he is doing, just not with right. a student, but like with his wife's best friend mm-hmm. and with the wife, the, the wife of the, the friend who did the same mistake, right? It's, yep. it's I think the movie is really good about that. And then uh, we like when when everything is over and he's like he becomes a museum guide, mm-hmm. and then we see him staring at I'm not sure what the right uh, expression is, but like uh, like caveman in a museum, and we get a mm-hmm. close up of of a caveman's penis for quite a long time that he stares at this. Like it's quite explicit. I mean, it's 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 not real, but still, mm-hmm. um, the parents guide for sure mentions it. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I can quote that as well because that yeah, doesn't yeah. happen often. A caveman exhibition at a museum features full frontal male nudity, including genitalia and partial female topless nudity. <laughs> what is uh, what is full frontal male nudity that doesn't feature genitalia? 
<laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't think you need to, yeah, you're right. I don't think you need to specify that. Like, <laughs> and, and then I also don't know why it's partial female topless nudity because we see like the cave woman's breasts. Well, yeah, it's, it's full on. Yeah. It, it, I mean, there's odd. like hair, you know, cover like, yeah, but still, I guess, yeah. I guess there's hair, but. Yeah, th this is another like sexual moment, and then later, then we see him having a new girlfriend, and then they like he holds her in his arm, and then we see a couple of cave people holding each other in the same mm -hmm. way. There's like this, mm -hmm. this mirroring of of them. I wonder mm -hmm. if the movie is making fun of him, believing that now everything will be different because they are still human and they still will will do the same mistakes as they always do. I, I th at least that's yeah. what I took away from it. Yeah, I I think that's correct. I mean, it's the idea of him like de-evolving, like he's yeah. he's going back to a a primitive state because that's just kind of who he is. Yeah, uh, and I, I, mean, I do want to say for whatever reason that shot of him with the new girlfriend, where they're like on a bench or outside or whatever, that yeah. one shot always makes me think of Wes Anderson. That seems like such a mm -hmm. Wes Anderson shot. The way we've previously cut from the previous action, the way we just kind of have, have those characters a little off center with the background or whatever, and then the way we return to the rest of the action, like that always makes me think of Wes Anderson. Yeah, I, I do see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. It's an it's an odd shot for sure. It's a side point, but that's yeah what i that's what i thought of what I, I was like oh that's a wes anderson shot yeah i mean what you say about devolving is interesting because we we hear his narration when he says and i'm teaching again and, and he's like doing mm -hmm. guides in a museum which is not teaching not really he's telling no. himself he's telling himself that he is uh, his that he's doing great uh when we clearly see he he's not yeah. there's one more thing that i wanted to to get at um and that is not the final moment no, no, actually the final moment. Like there's this moment where he throws the milkshake at the car and we see that he, again, has not changed because he does not get over mm -hmm. it and he's still blaming Tracy. And then there's the final moment where he's explaining something and then we see a girl in the crowd of students that he's talking to. And he, she's, of course, uh, is supposed to remind us of Tracy because she's also raising her arm again. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's the last thing I want to discuss. And, and I wondered again, if what the movie thinks of Tracy and the way she is and her ambition, like this, this overambitious, always arm up, always having the right answer that annoys him so much. Like he hates her. He hates her already earlier as a student. He he tries not to take her when he asks questions, although he knows which, he always has the which right answer. Which in fairness, in fairness, is what you're absolutely supposed to do as a teacher. If you've sure. got if you've got a student who responds all the time, you are supposed to try and get other students to respond. So yes. as yeah. a teacher, I can say yes, that is yeah, something yeah. that is true. Yeah. But of course, what the movie makes clear is that it's not just that it's difficult to find someone else. He really doesn't like her and her yeah. answers. Yeah. He's got something against her. Yeah. And in the final shot, when we see this girl having her arm in a really like comical way, the way she re raises her arm. It's like, mm -hmm. it's almost like a Hitler salute, right? It's really extreme. Yeah, um, it's the exact same reaction as earlier, right? And then we we just see his face. That's the last shot of the movie uh, is his face. Well, and and he says anyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, actually the last shot right. is of the girl. It's not him. It's the girl actually is the last shot. And then, yeah. and then we cut to the credits as he's saying anyone. 
which I, I think is a fantastic because obviously he does that earlier in the movie and earlier yeah. in the movie when he does it, he says anyone, anyone a couple of times and yeah. every person in the theater, every person watching the movie should immediately be thinking of Ferris Bueller. Of course, of course. Uh, for sure, yeah. this, this is the super obvious thing. And so you've got to call back to that kind of winking moment. And it's sort of saying he's like, well, it's not anyone. He's he's made a determination that it's not her. Anyone like, but her is what he's saying. Right. Anyone but her. Anyone but. And, and in this case, he doesn't even know the girl that he's giving the tour to. And so it really kind of highlights how pathetically ingrained his sexism is. He just he doesn't want this kind of know-it-all ambitious woman with the answers to have the answers and get the Mm -hmm. better of him whether it's his wife or his student or this random person he just met uh didn't even meet i i completely agree Uh, and that's what i what i take away as well i just wonder if the movie is saying the same thing or if it's not also making fun of tracy and and these kind of people as well I'm not sure how seriously the movie takes Tracy as someone who who is, yes, she can be annoying, but there's also like, that's something we discussed when we talked about the the, the novel, that like the system is not ready for a, a, a mm-hmm. woman to to be so intelligent and ambitious. And I think the movie is a little bit, even though it makes it clear that Mystemic Alistair is pathetic and everything, mm-hmm. but I also think it makes it clear that she is, she is kind of overachieving and is asking for too much yeah that may be the case but she does end up at a more happy place than he does she's in she's in washington she's clerking for for this republican uh representative from nebraska she's kind of on the right track or kind of made it the way that she wanted to and i think that mr McAllister is incredibly bitter about her success and takes that out on the young girl that he sees on the tour. But are we supposed to feel sympathy for her? I'm not. I'm just not sure about that. Again, it's not a big, big thing. And and Reese Witherspoon's uh, performance is so good that it doesn't really matter. But I mm-hmm. did wonder about that. I think that's something we can think about with this they, movie again I from, mean, from the '90s and so on. That would be interesting to see how the sequel deals with that. Yeah, I'm very curious, especially because the ending is so different. Yeah. Like, honestly, in the last 45 minutes of the movie, it's not Tracy's movie anymore. Yes, that's true. Like, we're we're fully in the problems and rhythms of Mr. McAllister's life. Yeah, absolutely. So, however, however we end our saga with Tracy we're going to be filtering it through his perception and his perception is I'm going to throw a milkshake at that car because I'm still angry about everything that you did, except you didn't do anything. It's this very like misplaced, like you're responsible for causing my entire life. It's like, no, she's not like, yeah. Again, I think the movie (laughs) is great in showing that, that he is not willing to see his own mistakes, right. To, to, 
to own up to what he did. But I'm, I he, mean, one of the last he, things we see of he waxes poetic about ethics and morals, yeah, and has a very terrible understanding of those things as practical realities. And he, I mean, this this is what he accuses Tracy of, right? That she knows mm-hmm. the answer, what ethics are. And he's like, oh, well, but you didn't act ethically with my friend, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which, again, shows how how skewed all of that is. Because she is, yeah. like, underage and everything. Again, I right. think the movie could have taken that point a little bit more, her point. Yeah, I think that's and, fair. And, and the way she reacts to it is very adult, right? So, which makes us think even less that she's a minor who was groomed. Mm-hmm. Um uh, well, like mean, one of the, the last one of the last yeah. thing we see of Tracy is when she's at university and she's annoyed by the students partying. And I, I think this is one of those moments where you're like, "Come on, Tracy, loosen up, you know, enjoy life." Yeah, a bit. that's what but I mean. Also, like, but also, and and maybe I'm wrong about this. No part of that shot makes me think that that's actually how a Georgetown dormitory is. No, probably not. I mean, I don't know, but it's like Georgetown is a, they're not an Ivy league school, but they're like a little tiny bit below Ivy league school. And like to have the, the kind of vibe of a state school, like I'm watching undeclared or something uh, that, that seems that strikes me as really unrealistic, but it's a minor it's a minor point i i think that's fair i think in that moment she could stand to loosen up a little bit i mean the movie is kind of the story the story of this movie is sort of like he's an adult that's acting like a child she's a child that's acting like an adult and she needs to learn to be a little bit more like a kid and he needs to learn to be a lot more like an adult yeah, like, yeah, that, that that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's yeah, like think... the girls from it's like the girls from Booksmart. Like they need to learn a little bit more to loosen up and be, you know, kids. Yeah. Be sure. be high schoolers. Um sure. although the, yeah. this movie is much more uh look having an authentic look at these girls and Oh yeah. I, yeah. I, I just think Tracy yeah. is is sometimes again, I I really love Reese Witherspoon it is. I love the performance and I, mm-hmm. it's a really interesting character. But it is sometimes a little bit more a caricature than a real mm-hmm. character. While Mr. McAllister yeah. feels quite real in his patheticness, you know, in, in how he deals with everything. I um, think that's fair, though I think some of that's just because so much of the movie's framed through his eyes. He yeah, sees yeah, Tracy yeah. as a caricature. And I so mean, inherently, a lot of the movie is going to see Tracy as a caricature because... Sure. But I mean, yeah. the movie is, is doing what the book does and 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 has narrations from both people. And still she comes off more mm. as a caricature than him, right? And so I think there is there is something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, again, I, I I still like the movie. I, I don't want to really criticize it for mm-hmm. it. And and I think nowadays it would look different. I think that's a little bit of 90s mm-hmm. maybe that's in, in this. And I still think it's a really intelligent and clever and well-written movie. Yeah, it's a very minor critique, but it's it's a fair one because like we were saying in the other day on my podcast, this is a work of satire that happens to have really interesting characters within it, yes. which is yes. not usually what happens when you engage with satire. Yes. And so I think part of that is just like at the end, Mr. McAllister ended up being a little bit more interesting than Tracy just yeah. because... And it should be noted, I was struck by 
only like the last half hour or so of this movie concerns itself with the election. Yes, um, that's true. Yeah. In the book, like 45% of the book yeah. that like is the election and its aftermath. Like yeah. it's half the book. Absolutely, um, yeah. And it, it's a much smaller portion of the movie than it is of the book. And of yeah, course, you know, sure, the book is sure, trying yeah. to make a bigger point about, you know, society and whatnot that the movie doesn't make as much of a point about. But I was struck by that difference in time spent, which I think is also part of why McAllister comes off as so much re- more real by the end, because we've kind of taken away some of that time that we would spend with Tracy. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So, well, interesting movie. Good movie. Again, uh, I mean, if you haven't watched this movie and if you listen this far, then something is really wrong. You should watch it. It's it's really, really good. And again, I'm really, really curious about the sequel. But I think we've discussed every violent and sexual aspect of this movie in great detail. Very interesting. Okay, I um, I have some final uh, final questions uh, that I ask yeah. everyone. So we... Um, Bef- before, the- maybe before that, I want to... I was struck this time by the fruit motif. Uh, so he explains to <laughs> Paul uh, that imagine Paul in the world of, of apples or pears where all he knows is apples or pears. And then here comes along an orange and McAllister says, Oh, that's democracy. And it's a funny moment of how Paul yes. doesn't get it. And then in a later scene, uh, Paul absentmindedly takes uh, a piece of fruit from a bowl that has oranges, apples, and bananas in it. And he takes the banana, right. I'm pretty sure. And then later when oh, McAllister, right. later when McAllister is trying to go to Linda's house, there's an apple tree in her yard that the that's what the bees are kind of like swarming around. And oh. so it's this sense of like forbidden fruit and like you're not supposed to be here, uh, as well as kind of reinforcing that fruit motif. Uh, which I hadn't picked up on in the other times I'd watched it, but it's really great. I hadn't noticed so. that at all, but it's a really, really good observation. Yeah, really interesting point. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't notice. I only the food. noticed it. I only <laughs> noticed it because I laughed, especially at the the moment where he grabs absentmindedly grabs a piece of fruit from the bowl, uh, and the way that that was like a perfect callback to the earlier moment. Uh, that was a big laugh, and so that kind of stuck it in my mind. So I mean, when when he tries to start the affair with uh, the uh, Dave's wife, and then uh, it, it at first it doesn't work because she's like not into it. And then he comes home, he also eats an apple, and then mm-hmm. he says, "Oh, you know, she's a bit annoying sometimes." When he tries to like talk it down in a way, so yeah, the, the this motif is definitely there. I, I really really like that. I, I wish I would have uh, noticed that. Um, and that's all right like you to, don't have to notice to, no but don't i would have, have to notice like to, everything to get into it uh, and to see how uh, where else this motif comes up uh, another you thing can, that i did want to bring you can up pay attention to it on the next time you watch <laughs> when he does have the affair i, mm-hmm. I really liked and it's something i keep forgetting when we see his fantasy because he feels like this this playboy in a way and we see his fantasy of driving a fancy car and it's uh, in, in, a, in an old fashion green screen moment i really like this moment uh, it's it's really out of place in a way because nothing in the movie ever does that again 
and when he's talking Italian and smoking and wears sunglasses and he's like, oh, he fancies himself to be, which again, makes it really clear how. It's like this very brief moment. Now that you're mentioning it, it's almost like a La Dolce Vita kind of thing yeah. where yeah. it's like, just for a moment, he imagines himself in like that kind of Italian La Dolce Vita kind of setting. But of course, the point of La Dolce Vita is that it's all a joke. Like, it's all a sham. It's all decaying yeah. around you yeah. all the time. Yeah, that's great. I hadn't thought too and much it's also, about that like, before. And it also has a little bit of Ferris Bueller in it as well when he drives in that car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? He yeah. looks younger as well. And I mean, all about that car. And the movie take, goes great lengths to make fun of him for his real car. Like, it's it's like the most pathetic car anyone could drive. And again, mm-hmm. I don't care about cars, but this movie is really making clear, like, oh, he and his car is says everything about him and his life. I always like when movies incorporate the casting of the movie into the, like, themes of the movie. And, like, we're obviously supposed to see him and see Her- Ferris Bueller. Like, we are supposed to think of that association even if obviously he's not the same character that right like it's the same kind of like he's stuck in high school in the way that we imagine a grown-up ferris bueller is going to be stuck in high school well what i always think of when i watch election is that the casting of matthew broderick is so interesting because Matthew Broderick mm-hmm. in real life after Ferris Bueller kind of derailed because he had this car crash where someone was killed. And so he had this personal crisis and he got away with it. And I think this always hung above him in, like in the rest of his career. And I think Mr. McAllister is a really interesting encapsulation of this kind of person that we see or that Matthew Broderick has been seen mm-hmm. after Ferris Bueller. I think without yeah, this incident, he... He would have become a different actor, I, I I think. Like, he never had a big hit as Ferris Bueller after Ferris Bueller. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think part of that is this real-life uh, accident that he was involved in. And yeah. again, Mr. McAllister is someone who has something like that hanging over him all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, he, that he never achieved the kind of success he maybe wanted to achieve. Which is something the movie has also, like, in everything. In Tracy, in Dave, who keeps talking about the novel he's supposed to write. And so on and so on. Uh, yeah, that's what I always think of. But you're right, of course. Yeah, the, the Ferris Bueller thing is there too. Okay, uh, <laughs> this is going on much, much longer than I thought, which is good. It, it's a sign of a good conversation. We're, we're not we're not way over an hour at this point. So it's maybe I don't know. hour 20, hour 15. It's fine. Everything's so, fine. Everything's fine. fine. Let's get to yeah. our final questions. Um. Okay, the movie is rated R, as we explained in the beginning. Could you imagine the movie having a different rating or a, a version of the movie that would get a different rating. So a, a version of the movie that would be less explicit. And could you imagine that working? Or could you imagine a version of the movie that would be more explicit in its sexual and violent content? Not really. Like, obviously, you could cut you could cut back on the grooming and you could drop a few F words out of it and you could probably get a PG-13. But there's something so adult about Mm -hmm. the like reality of the movie that it's really one of those that even if it's totally fine, if you're like 14 or whatever and want to watch the movie, it probably should stay R just to kind of highlight the nature that we're dealing with an adult world here. 
And similarly, I don't really think you need to be any more explicit because the way that we cut in and out of these very sort of crass, not in like an inappropriate sense, but just like they're not very appealing sex scenes highlights the like reality that sex Mm -hmm. plays within the characters for this movie where there's nothing erotic going on here. It's very very direct. Yeah, I completely agree. I would say, yeah, very, very well said. I have nothing to add to that. That was a a perfect answer. Okay, final question. I I have tried to establish a kind of rating system on my own for the movies discussed here on this podcast. And you are the one who uh, gets to, uh, well, to decide what rating this movie gets in a way. It it sounds weirder than it is. And it's more silly uh, than than that. So I have four categories and you're supposed to rate um, those four categories on a scale from one to ten. So on a scale from one to ten, how explicit would you say is the sex and violence in this movie? Ten being very explicit, one being not not explicit at all. Two, like it's it's low. Okay, I I, I think I would go for a higher rating, but I, I let the guests decide because I think these sex scenes are relatively explicit, like compared. I mean, to other like movies. what does like what does explicit mean? Like yeah. there's no there's no nudity. The explicit thing is like the fact that sex occurred. But like, yeah, not yeah. really any in the like present. Like, it could be a three. Yeah, but like, I, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I'm not I mean, thinking of like seven or anything. But like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I would uh, more see it as a three than a two. But yeah, I I don't know the barometer that we're we use for like other that you've used for like other movies or whatever. But well, like, as I'm saying on every episode, this is a very scientific method, so we have to be yes, precise, yes, of course. course, yeah. Um, uh, okay. Somewhere, somewhere in the two to three range. Okay, then I, I go for three to have a little bit of influence. On okay, this, fine. Uh, to use, okay, to abuse my power here as well. Um, sure, that's fine. How intense would you say is the sex and violent violence in this movie on a scale from one to ten? It's it's like a one. Like <laughs> there's just there's nothing in t- every sex scene in this movie is comical. Yes, the the first one is comical how futile their efforts are going to be to conceive a child. The next one is comical in that he is so delusional and so Mm -hmm. distanced. And here come these cartoon floating heads of these thoughts that pop into his mind. Mm -hmm. And Tracy saying fuck a bunch of times is funny. And then the next one is like a shot of Paul orgasming. Like it's not even a scene. Yeah, the okay, most yeah, in- fair, intense. Fair. The most intense one is Tammy watching Paul and Lisa make out because her feelings mm-hmm. of jealousy are so like intense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's it's it, the, the movie is not intense. Maybe even deliberately so, right? Maybe that could be yeah, a reason why absolutely. why why there is no depiction of the sex between Tracy and Dave. Mm-hmm. Because that would make it more intense. Because that would be hard to depict in a comical way, right? And and you shouldn't. I I'll just say you shouldn't depict that in a comical way. Like that would well, that would throw off the tone. I mean, you could imagine like I don't know, like seeing her thinking of something else while they have sex. You know, just seeing her head and thinking mm-hmm. of like the election or something, something like that. I think could be possible. But yeah, it's uh, I I don't miss that. 
Okay, yeah. you have two categories left. Okay, we go for one here uh, for intensity. Okay, now this is this is interesting. I'm curious what you will say. How much would you say on a scale from one to ten? The sex and violence is connected to the themes of the movie. That's a good question. I'll say seven because if you remove all sex from the plot, the entire plot collapses. He doesn't and... have anim. He doesn't have animosity toward Tracy. Yeah. Dave doesn't get fired, so Linda isn't an option, really. Everything about the movie kind of collapses if there's no... Which is, is funny just to say that a movie that's so low in intensity when it mm -hmm. comes to sex, sex is still incredibly important. Like, when you asked, you were like, hey, 90s movies with sex and violence... Like my mind immediately went to election because I was yeah. like, the sex in election is fascinating because it's so important and so unimportant at the same time. Yeah. When you mentioned it, I was like, oh, of course, election, perfect fit for this podcast, right? I didn't yeah. have to create yeah. a, a scenario where we could discuss no. the movie, right? But you're right. It's not intense. It's not explicit, but it's so connected to its themes a lot. And if it's, we count the, yeah. as you mentioned in the beginning, the paper crumbling of the votes as violence, mm -hmm. I mean, there you could even argue for something higher because that that like political yeah, violence I mean, if, is another theme yeah, of the movie. Political violence, Mr. McAllister's desire to crush Tracy's hopes and dreams is the movie. Yeah. And so if that's power. how if that's how we're thinking of violence, it's a nine. That's integral to every facet of the movie. Yeah. But I think seven is is fair because like mm -hmm. It's not explicit violence and not compared to other movies where we have actual violence. Sure, but yeah, yeah. I think the seven shows that there's much more to the sex, especially than what is shown on screen. If you watch this movie and don't think of the way sex is connecting the different aspects of this movie, yeah. you fundamentally misunderstood the movie. Yes. Okay, and final category uh, is uh, simply... Would you say this movie could be recommended for children? On in this case, ten would be not recommended. One would be yes, can be recommended to children. What's the age of the child? Everyone asks that, <laughs> and I give you the answer that I give everyone. That's up to you. I'll say like six, because I don't think there's anything necessarily about it that's like inherently wrong. Any age, like eight through fourteen. If you watch this movie and, and you're that age and you have a, a reasonable, intelligent conversation about it, you're probably yeah. fine. Like, you're not seeing anything that's traumatizing. If you address the fact that, like, we need to address the grooming issue here, like, you're probably okay. At the same time, I don't know how anyone age 8 to 14 is going to care about this movie. It is, would... it is about your hopes and dreams dying and middle age taking over your mind. Like I, I would say that younger people would probably could get some enjoyment just because of the comical aspects of the movie, even if some of the themes would will fly over their heads. Um, because it's you a need pretty... to have a certain maturity, as you said before, to understand the like, Here's here's the answer I'd say. I'd show them Rushmore and see how that went. And then if that <laughs> went over well, then we'd watch the action. <laughs> okay.
but uh, a six, I think, is uh, is is reasonable, uh, which okay. uh, would bring uh, this movie to a score of seventeen. And now I do have to check and compare it with the other other movies I uh, did up to now. It but be- I can't better imagine not be, it better not be as high as happiness. It is. Um, it is not. <laughs> what did I say? Seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. Seventeen um, is not the lowest rating, but close oh, okay. to the lowest rating. What was the? What's the lowest rating? The lowest rating was fifteen, and that was Woody Allen's Mighty Aphrodite, which also features nothing explicit whatsoever, but also has a mm-hmm. lot of sex as a thematic mm-hmm. thing in in the movie. So yeah, I don't I, even it, know. I don't even know how I would score that i haven't seen that particular movie but just the woody allen of it all like i don't know how i could get my brain to score that fairly yeah uh, i mean just because well yeah i would say listen to the so. episode but uh yeah it's yeah, an interesting sure. case because it's a movie mm-hmm. compared to many other woody allen movies where he actually where, where sex is discussed in in a more detailed way than in all of his other movies, I would say. Mm. Like he, there, like it's it's kind of the joke of the movie that he's confronted with someone talking about sex all the time and, and talking about sexual acts that he never even thought of before, uh, which is why it's rated R. So even yeah. more so than everything you wanted to know about sex, but were afraid to ask. Okay, maybe that's that's the exception. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But especially for his later career, his 80s, 90s movies. Sure, yeah. Mighty yeah. Aphrodite is kind yeah. of an exception when it comes to sex. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay. Everything you want to know about uh, sex is, is definitely uh the exception here. Yeah, okay. We have a very low rating, which is not surprising. And I still think this is a yeah. really, really good fit for this podcast. Um yeah, so yeah. I can say, yeah, thank you for this discussion. This was very, very interesting. Um, I... I really enjoyed doing that. I'm happy pick, to do it anytime. That was a lot of fun. I'll yeah. have have me back. Let's do it again. I uh, I will get back to you uh, as soon as I figure out my schedule. I um, has uh, and- has anybody has anybody dared to say show to- uh, showgirls yet? Actually, no. Uh, this is something we can discuss uh, when the podcast is over. I, okay, sure, I like to sure, discuss yeah. other movies. Uh, but yes, okay, I can yeah, say sorry. that on mic. Uh, no one has asked for showgirls yet. Surprisingly. Well, normally I I had planned to always say at the end of the episode what the next episode will be. But at this point, my schedule Mm -hmm. is so messed up that I'm sorry, uh, listeners. I have no idea what the next episode will be about at this point. So just like look out for if you if you are a um, faithful listener to this podcast, um, just like the faithful readers of Stephen King, then you will figure out what the next movie will be, uh, what the next episode will be about. Um, Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks, Daniel, for the conversation. I hope Anytime. you tune in again next time, whatever it will be. See you, see you then, and hear you then. Bye. When I win the presidency, we're going to be spending a lot of time together. Lots and lots and lots of time. President and advisor. Harmonious and productive. Close and special. You and